If you'll take your Bibles, turn over to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. And here at the end of the Gospel of John, after Christ has risen from the dead, and He tells the disciples that He wants to meet them in Galilee. And so He comes to Galilee. He was supposed to meet them on the mount. But at this point, they're not on the mount. And so Peter who is basically kind of a leader amongst the people, and he's going to be the leader in the early church, has gone fishing. And along with going fishing, he's taken six of the other disciples with him. And so many think that maybe he's gone back to fishing when... You know, the first big episode he had in reference to fishing when he met the Lord and there was a draught of fish and the Lord said, I'm going to make you fisher of men. And so now he's back on the lake and he's fishing again, but he's not fishing for men. He's fishing for fish and kind of has some some futility in his fishing. Now, I grew up without a dad, so I remember as a teenager, or about four turning teens, one of the men in the church took me fishing. Then later, there was a family that would take me fishing, and I enjoyed fishing as long as I was catching something. But to sit there on a lake for three hours and four hours and you're shivering from the cold, and you don't get a bite, that's not only miserable physically, that's miserable uh, emotionally and everything else. And so that never did become a favorite sport of mine. But here's professional fishermen, and they're going to go fishing, and again, they catch nothing. You know, they've toiled. They're weary. And then there's a stranger on shore and he says, cast on the right side of the ship and their net is filled. Then John recognizes who's on shore. He says, it's Jesus. And so Peter puts on his outer garments, jumps into the water. He's like a hundred yards uh, from shore and makes it to shore, and the Lord has prepared a meal for them. They sit down by the fire and the coals. That may remind him of another time when he was by the fire and coals. And what happened the other time when he was by the fire and the coals? He denied the Lord three times. And so now, here's the Lord... There's the fire and the coals, and they have the meal. And then the Lord looks at Peter in verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? 
And Peter's going to say, Yea, Lord, you know that I love you. Then the Lord asked him again, Lovest thou me? And then a third time, Peter, Lovest thou me? And that's going to be our topic this morning. Lovest thou me? As the Lord would uh, challenge us today as well. So let's go back for a moment into what has transpired in Peter's life. Peter had met the Lord, and when he met him, the Lord says, Your name is going to be Cephas, Peter. You're going to be a rock. And so Peter becomes one of the twelve disciples. But not only one of the twelve, he's one of the three inner circle, along with James and John. He has the privilege of seeing the transfiguration, of going in with Christ at different times and being with Him in the Garden of Gethsemane when the Lord was in such agony. He's the one that when... Christ had multiplied the bread and the fish and then gave His hard sayings and many left Him. And Christ looks and says, Will you leave me also? And Peter says, Well, thou hast the words of life, of eternal life. Peter was the one who had stated, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, Peter had grown. He had been with the Lord for three years. And so when the Lord says, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die, and he would rise again the third day. And, And Peter says, not so, Lord. And the Lord has to address him, get thee behind me, Satan. Then Peter will make a statement that though all forsake thee, says, I will die for you. And then the Lord tells Peter, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And so he's denied the Lord three times. Evidently, the Lord has probably spoken to him already, but since he's publicly denied the Lord three times, then there needs to be an affirmation publicly of his love for the Lord and his restoration to ministry. And so here we have an examination of his love. Now, if the Lord were to stand here in our midst today and He were to examine us, how would it go? Because see, Peter had been self-confident. Peter had not realized his own weakness. He was self-confident. You know, he was sure that his love for the Lord was great enough that he could stand and that he would do great and mighty things. Others would uh, desert him, but not me. The thing is, we don't know our heart. 
You know, what does Jeremiah say? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so if we were to look at our hearts today and the Lord were to ask us, Lovest thou me more than these? Lovest thou me? So we've got a comparison here. And of course there's been a lot of debate. What are the these? Because it doesn't uh, state. But the fact that he had been out on the lake fishing, when he, fishing for fish instead of fishing for men, something that the these would be, do you love me more than the fishing? Do you love me more than the lifestyle and the things that you've done in the past? Will you serve me? Will you live for me? Peter, do you love me? Now, what we love is evidenced many times by how we spend our time, isn't it? You see, I mean, we see around campus a lot of young couples that are, quote, falling in love with each other. So why do they spend so much time together? Does it have anything to do with a developing love? Hopefully, uh, it is. But their time together tells you something about them, right? But what does our time tell us concerning our love for the Lord? Do we spend time with Him? Do we, if He were to say to us, Lovest thou me more than social media? When so many time, so many people, they spend hours on social media, but how much time do they spend with the Lord? Very little. Lovest thou me more than sports? Because some of us love sports. And you got to spend time in the gym and playing basketball or playing softball or other things. And there's nothing wrong with sports. But do we love those more than we love the Lord Jesus Christ? Lovest thou me more than these? How about our studies? You know, some of us are proud. You know, I make good grades and I'm going to put forth the effort and I'm going to do uh, well. But what happens if we come to school and we spend so much time in our studies that we neglect our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you backslide in a Christian school? Yes. It's easy to get so involved and so busy that... Our love for the Lord will begin to wane. We're doing the right things. We're doing good things. But our love begins to wane. Turn over to Revelation chapter 2 for just a moment. In Revelation chapter 2, Christ says, Under the church, angel of the church of Ephesus, write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. 
I know thy works. They were good. I know thy labor, thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. So, here's a church. They've got good doctrine. They've got perseverance. They've got good discernment. But what did the Lord say about that church in verse 4? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast what? Left thy first love. So, can we attend all our classes and memorize all these verses and go out on extension and participate in ministries in the church and still lose our first love? Yes. And so Peter has been with the Lord for three years. He's made the great confession. But yet he didn't understand his heart that he needed a greater love. He, need, he didn't need to trust in himself. He had to trust in the Lord. He could only love with God's help. We need what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. That only by walking in the Spirit, by trusting the Lord, that in ourself, we're going to fall flat on our face just like Peter did. We're doing the right things. We're doing good things. But the Lord says, Peter, lovest thou me more than these Do we love the Lord more more than money and material things? Uh, As well, some people, that's their whole life is just to make money and get things. And that's pretty much the American way, isn't it? If you've lived on the mission field in a third world country, the thing that bothers you and strikes you when you come back to America is materialism. Uh, and it just it just grinds you uh, there. All the, the waste and uh, just everything focused in that uh, direction. When you see people uh, in third world countries don't have anything uh, or have so little and yet they love the Lord or they'll walk miles to go to church and just what they'll uh, sacrifice and do because they love the Lord and uh, want to serve Him. Do we love the Lord more than our lives, our family, our friends? Uh, You know, in teaching just last week in the history of missions, we were talking about some of those that gave their lives for the Lord. Back in the, this would have been in the first couple of centuries, Polycarp. Most say that he was a student of the Apostle John. So he's arrested as a Christian. He's 86 years old. If you'll deny the Lord, you'll live. If not, then he would put to death. And so the proconsul says, Swear and I'll release thee, reproach Christ, 
And Polycarp answered, 86 years have I served him, and he never once wronged me. How then shall I blaspheme my king who hath saved me? And he gave his life for the Lord. He loved the Lord more than his life. You come a century or so later, and in Carthage, North Africa, persecution of Christians, so this young noblewoman by the name of Perpetua is arrested. She had just given birth to a child. If she will renounce Christ, if she'll worship the emperor, she can live and go home. Her dad begs her, what about your child, your newborn child? Don't you care about that child? Of course she did. But her love for the Lord was greater. She was taken out into the arena with the wild beast, with a number of other Christians. One was her... uh, Made her servant who had given birth in prison, in jail. And so Perpetua, being attacked by the wild animals, encouraging the other Christians to stand for the Lord, to love the Lord. The wild animals didn't kill her. So finally one of the soldiers came and ended her life. Lovest thou me more than these? How great is our love today? Is our love strong enough that we would be willing to give our lives? Is our love strong enough that we'll go to the mission field if God says, I want you to go there, or that you'll be a pastor's wife, or teach in a Christian school, or be an evangelist, or whatever it may be? Lovest Thou me more than these? And then he just drops to these, says, Peter, lovest thou me? And see, note when he starts, he says, Simon, son of Jonah. He's not using the name Cephas or Peter, but he's using his old nature, the name of his old nature, Simon, son of Jonah. We need some change here. Simon, you need to realize your own insufficiency, your need for the power, the strength of the Holy Spirit. Simon, lovest thou me? And then three times, what does he tell him? Feed my sheep. He uses a couple of different words. One The idea of just feeding, another one of them means to shepherd, to take care of. He talks about the young lambs. He talks about the mature uh, sheep. He uses uh, two different words, and there's a debate over why he changes. uh, When the Lord says, lovest thou me, he's using the word agape. Do you have that self-sacrificing love, that love of uh, choice and of commitment? And Peter would answer, Lord, you know that I have a phileo love for you. Friendship uh, there. So 
Are they just using synonyms or was there a significance uh, there? And then the third time, the Lord says, Peter, do you have this phileo love for me? And Peter was grieved when he asked the third time. Maybe because of changing the words, but also definitely because how many times had he denied the Lord? Three times. Of course, you know I'm counting by Filipino. One, two, three. Uh, That's the way we count in the Philippines. So, uh, lovest thou me. What would be the evidence? What does he tell them? Feed my sheep. He said, I didn't call you to be out on the lake catching fish. I called you to be a fisher of men, to feed my sheep, to minister the word of God, to be my servant. He's the one that's to be the leader of the early church. First 12 chapters of the book of Acts dealing uh, with the ministry of Peter and how he's empowered on Pentecost. And thousands come to the Lord through uh, his preaching. But we got to deal with Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? We also know some of the other evidences of our love, not only ministry, because we saw there in Revelation chapter 2, it's possible to be in ministry and still not love. And for our love to grow cold uh, as well, we know if you love me, keep my commandments. We find that earlier in the Gospel of John. And on a couple of occasions, he uh, deals with that. John 14, 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And then 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not uh, grievous. And then later there in John 21, what does He tell Peter at the end? Follow me. So if we love the Lord, we'll keep His commandments. If we love the Lord, we will follow Him. If we love the Lord, it will be seen in our time, in our actions. But one other thing I want us to look at when we talk about this love and the essence of love, the commitment, and we know from 1 John 4, verse 19, we love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. But where do we first get that in the Scriptures? Back in the book of Deuteronomy. So turn with me, if you would, back to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now, what is Deuteronomy? What does the word Deuteronomy mean? All you that have been in the Pentateuch class, of course, you haven't got to Deuteronomy yet, but the old students, what does it mean? Second law. It's the giving of the law the second time, first time at Mount Sinai, now these are the last words of Moses. Okay? So if if they're getting ready to enter into the promised land and Moses has gathered the people together and he's giving them the last instructions before he dies. 
Now, how well have they done with the keeping of the law for those 40 years or 38 or so uh, since they got the law at Mount Sinai? They hadn't done very well, have they? But when you get to Deuteronomy, there's an emphasis that's not in the other books. And that's the emphasis on God's love for us as His motivation for His actions. Uh, And then our love for Him as the motivation for our obedience and service. Look, if you would, in chapter 4, verse 37. As he recounts what the Lord had done for them. And so he says there in verse 37, And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them, and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt. Then over at the very end of the book, chapter 33, and verses 1 to 3. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, The Lord came from Sinai, rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand, and they sat down at thy feet. Every one shall receive of thy words. So Moses tells them all this taking place is because God loves you. God has chosen you. God has brought you out of Egypt. God has brought you through uh, the wilderness. And so the motivation of God's actions is his love. And that's still true today, isn't it? We know God so loved the world. He commended His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But then you get to Deuteronomy 6 when He starts challenging the people and you have the Shema, the uh, important words then and kind of like motto for the Jews. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, uh, etc. And so the Lord tells them on several occasions, love the Lord with all your heart, And keep his commandments. Peter, if he is going to lead the church, if he's going to be the apostle and disciple that God has called him to be, then the only way he's going to make it is if he loves the Lord. The only way that we're going to obey, the only way we will have the right attitude is if the love of God abounds uh, in our heart. Peter, or Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And so today we have the same challenge. Lovest 
thou me. We know that if we walk in the Spirit, then the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. We can't just produce this love ourselves. It's a supernatural uh, love. It's a love that comes from God. It's a love that can be developed and grown in our lives as we walk with the Lord, submit ourselves to Him. But He challenges us as He does Peter. Lovest thou me? And that's the challenge this morning as we go through this semester, as we go out on extension or uh, ministry. Do you love me? Lovest thou me more than these other things? That we may then be the individual that God can take like he did Peter and used him in a mighty and a great way. And God desires to do that with each one of us here today, doesn't he? But it takes a love for the Lord that will overcome the difficulties as Peter will eventually be crucified uh, upside down. It took a love for God, for Polycarp to give his life, for Perpetua to give up her child and die in uh, the arena. It's going to take a love for God for you to stay true, to make it through the semester, to go through the difficulties, uh, the hardships, what you're going to face when you get out into ministry, when Satan is against you and the world is against you and sometimes the church may be against you. And, it's going, and only a love for the Lord is going to take you through what you will face in the future. Lovest thou me more than these. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for this challenge to Peter and a challenge that you give to us to examine ourselves as you examined Peter. Lovest thou me. And Father, help each of us here this morning to examine our own hearts. And as you told through Moses there in Deuteronomy, that when they would turn to you, that you would circumcise their hearts to love you. And Father, I pray you would circumcise our hearts, cut away whatever may hinder us in loving you with all our heart, our soul, and our might.